Welcome to A History of the Inca. Episode 18, Inti Raimi. Hello everyone, and welcome once again to A History of the Inca. I am your host, Nick Mashinsky. I hope you're all doing well wherever you are, and of course, are staying safe. We are at 200 followers on our Twitter page, which is fantastic. Many of you may have a lot more than that, but it is blowing my personal account out of the water. So if you haven't already, please give the show a follow. I usually post pictures of my time in Peru, or ones that I find in the books that I'm researching, as well as the latest articles and discoveries in the Andes. Twitter and Facebook are actually some of the best ways to keep up to date with the show. I recently did a Zoom question and answer session with listener Cosman, and I announced the meeting over social media. Cosman and I had a good time discussing the Norte Chico culture, language in the Andes, new discoveries, and even when I planned on ending the show. And don't worry, that's not for a long time yet. But if that type of interaction interests you, please let me know. I'll likely do at least one more session before going on my summer hiatus. All I need for you to do is send me an email at incapodcast at gmail.com so I can send you an invite with a password to the discussion. And we're not quite done yet because we have a new patron, Travis Raker, our newest patron. Thank you very much for your pledge, Travis, as it really means a lot to me. But really, I shouldn't be the only one to thank you, because if my math is correct, the pledge amount from all of our patrons means that I'll be able to upgrade the website. This means that soon, you'll all be able to go to ahistoryoftheinca.wordpress.com and listen to the latest episode right there. No more clicking a link to take you to another site. The audio will be supported in-house. Thank you once again, Travis, and to all our patrons for making that possible. Now then, today we have a shorter episode than normal, and you'll hear why in just a minute. However, to recap, last time I gave a very broad overview of Inca religion. We covered the main gods, revisited huacas, and discussed the importance of Inca mummies in both the religious and secular worlds. Though really, in the Inca worldview, there was no distinction between the two. They were one. If you remember, I struggled with the idea of covering specific festivals or ceremonies on the podcast. I was concerned that some of you might not be interested or care for going into that amount of detail. Well, after thinking about it, I decided that it was important. As I've just said, in the Inca worldview, there was no distinction between the religious and secular worlds. They were as interwoven as the colorful textiles that they created. So how can we understand their history without understanding a bit more about their ceremonies? Ceremonies played a big role in the Andes. They weren't only for religious reasons. As you might recall, ceremonies and feasts were part of the rules of reciprocity in the Andes. Thus today, we are going to cover Inti Raimi, or Inti Rami, as I've anglicized it before. 
Intiraimi, or the celebration of the sun, was one of the most important celebrations for the Inca. The festivals and celebrations would take place at the start of the new moon in the month of June and last several days. This places Intiraimi around June 21st, June 24th of our modern calendar and thus took place around the winter solstice. Because remember, we're talking about the southern hemisphere. Enjoy. Before sunrise on the first day of Intirami, Pachacuti traveled to the Coricancha. There, the Huacas of Inti and Iapa, Punchao and Iya Iapa, as well as possibly a Huaca for Viracocha, were all seated on benches within the courtyard. Next, llamas were brought in and paraded around the huacas, all the while the tarpuntes, or priests, would recite prayers such as the following. O Creator, Sun and Thunder, be forever young and never age. Let all things be in peace. The people multiply and the food be plentiful. Let everything else always increase. With the proper prayers said, they would then slaughter the llama for the huaca and burn its remains. Meanwhile, at Wanakari, remember the huaca where Ayer Ucho turned to stone, another ceremony was taking place. This spot had more spectators than that of the Coricancha, as the Temple of the Sun was off-limits to all except for the priests, the Sapa Inca, and anyone given special permission to enter. Again, though, a llama was brought forth. This time it was shorn, and its wool was marched around as the Tarpuntes recited prayers. O Creator, Sun and Thunder, may you always be young, may the people multiply, and always be in peace. Then, at sunrise, the llama was slaughtered, and its body burned for Inti. At noon, more llamas were brought forth into the Coricancha, marched around the wakas, were sacrificed and burned, while the Tarpuntes recited the prayers once again. O Creator, Sun and Thunder, be forever young and never age. Let all things be in peace, the people multiply, and the food be plenty. Let everything else always increase. This act was repeated once more at the Coricancha, this time at sunset, which is no surprise. With the sun set behind the hill, I Peran, which overlooked the city of Cusco. So, at a shrine on this hill, the llama was once again brought forth. And like the llama at Wanakari, it was shorn, its wool marched around it, and sacrificed and burned for Inti. The sacrifice of llamas was not the only sacrifice completed during this time, though. There were many sacrifices that we classified as smaller and more common in the last episode. Beautiful, multicolored baskets containing coca leaves were burned. Whole cobs of maize were also added to the mix. And do you remember spondylus shell from way back in episode 3, the moche? Well, that was also sacrificed into the fires during Intiraimi. But the festivities were far from over. For the rest of the month, 
the following events took place. Beginning on a hill called Sakana, they sacrificed llamas and the smaller items to Inti. From there, they would march to Amoto Yankari, where the next day they would perform the same sacrifices. Next, it was to Kapak Iyaka for more sacrifices, then to Kiro's Wanakari, then to Rotanka, next Koyopata, then Yanayana, and then Kuti after that. Finally, the party reached Ilkanoto, nearly 90 miles away from Cuzco. A map on the website lists many of the sites visited during Intiraimi. Alas, some have not been found and are likely lost to time. But what some of you who visit the map will notice is that this route takes one southeast of Cusco towards Lake Titicaca. And this is not an accident. Remember, Inti was created by Viracocha on Lake Titicaca. So the direction of this journey was highly significant for the Inca. But we aren't done with Inti Raimi just yet. Because the sacrifices were carried out as the Tempartes marched back to Cusco at the following places. On a plain near Rurucache. On hills near Seguana and Cacha. On a hill called Cacha Irucocha. And Yakaya Huaca. At Ruroma and a plain near Molebamba. They made yet more sacrifices at Urcos Viracocha, a plain called Antahuayla, at Pati and Acahuara. Finally, at the hills of Kizi, Picanchi, and back at Sakana. Again, they marched to a new shrine every day to carry out the necessary sacrifices to Inti. Pachacuti, meanwhile, did not attend these festivities. He instead went to Mantu Kaya, which was an important temple outside of Cusco. Here, Pachacuti and other Inca lords sang songs and performed tarkis, or dances. They also got quite drunk. The Inca drank copious amounts of chicha from cups of gold. Don't worry, the plates they ate off were of gold as well. All were brought forth by Mama Kona, or the women who served and were married to Inti. Pachacuti's wife, Koya Anawarki, along with the wives of the other Inca lords, were not allowed to participate in the festivities, but were present at the site. The only females other than the Mama Kona at the festivities were two Huacas, Palpasio and Inca Oyo were brought out when they worshipped Viracocha. The two huacas were decorated in gold ornamentation and wore vibrant and multicolored tunics. A royal banner was carried in front of Palipasillo and Inca Oyo as they were marched around as well as four llamas. But these llamas would not meet the same fate as the other llamas that were sacrificed during Intiraimi mainly because these llamas weren't alive. Instead, two were made of silver and two were made of gold. These llamas were called the Korinapa and the Kokinapa, meaning the gold sacred llama and the silver sacred llama. 
each had small red tunics covering their backs and were meant to symbolize the golden llama that was carried out at Pakari Tambo by Manco Kapak and his siblings. Pachacuti stayed at Matukaya until the end of the month, drinking and feasting with his fellow Inca. Then he returned to Cusco and entered the Wakapata, the main square. Bird feathers of every color under the sun were strewn on the ground before him as he walked around. Pachacuti stayed in the Wakapata, drinking with others the rest of the day until nightfall, when he turned in and Intiraimi was thus over. I hope you all enjoyed this little glimpse into what took place during some of the most important Inca ceremonies. I think this gives you all a little appreciation for how elaborate some of these ceremonies were. We're talking many sacrifices, a lot of coordination, timing with the sunrise and sunset, and in some cases by priests, long treks and journeys for those sacrifices. They were extremely organized, involved, and thought out. Everything had a purpose to it, and they weren't just one or two day affairs. Intiraimi is still performed in Cusco today, though it is quite different from what I just described. But if you have been in Cusco and happen to witness Intiraimi, please let me know. I would love to hear your experience and share any pictures that you may have taken on the website. This isn't the only ceremony I'd like to take a deeper dive into. There are a few others that are just as interesting and even more elaborate than this one. And I hope to cover those in the future. Next time though, we'll stick with Pachacuti. Being the Inca's most famous Sapa Inca and administrator, we must cover some of the reforms he brought to his subjects. Doing so will help reveal a little bit of how life was under Inca rule. <laughs>